Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everyone, welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Nick Martin. And Nick, uh, we always start with an underdog on the show. Our favorite underdogs for the upcoming slate. This one will be Tuesday, January the 10th. And I think this is the second biggest underdog of the year that we're going to give out uh, in this segment. We both kind of like it. I like it on the money line. You're kind of figuring out how you're going to play them. But it's the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're plus 330 against Tampa Bay. And this just comes down to... The Blue Jackets have looked sort of competent in their last two games. One of them was a win against the Hurricanes. The other one was a one nothing loss to your Washington Capitals in which they deserve the win, I think. It sounds crazy, but we know that the Lightning do kind of just mail in a couple spots here or there in the season. It's almost like they do it on purpose. Hey, guys, let's take that game off and we'll just you know save our legs for you know game six of round one when we need them. Yeah, that's narrative and the lightning have been going really well for the past two months but it's a numbers play and plus 330 on a team that looks decent in a hockey game is good enough yeah that the caps got lucky on sunday columbus played really well i agree i don't think i quite have the gusto to target the full money line i'm probably going to be looking for some sort of a spread if it can get to a point where plus two and a half is plus money i think that it looks like it actually might so i think that's an angle i like or maybe the first period line for Columbus, I think, and get a super long number on that. But I agree, Columbus played really well versus Washington. It was a bit of a sleepy game, but I was expecting the Caps to roll them over in that contest. And they looked really sharp. They couldn't break through, but they played a really structured, solid game. And then they beat Carolina in Saturday, or on Saturday, far less convincing fashion. But again, really, really solid uh, play considering the, the kind of numbers we're seeing here. And they've got some forwards in really in really good form. Like, they didn't get the fin- the chances finished on on Sunday, but I don't think they're going to finish at an alarmingly bad rate all season long. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's if if those 
go in, I think, you know, we're looking at maybe a slightly smaller number uh, here against the Lightning. So it'll be the Blue Jackets for me as my favorite underdog right now. They are plus 330 uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, for you, slightly smaller underdog on a slightly better team. Yes, on a team that I still think is really good. I know a lot of people might be thinking, of course, Nick's going back here, but I'm going with the New Jersey Devils to beat Carolina at plus 125. I think it's a really strong play. And a lot of ways, these teams mirror each other. I know Carolina, they're a lot more physical. They're difficult to play against. But the Devils are the same in a lot of ways. They're not going to allow much in the way of high danger chances. Carolina, they're not going to finish at a high rate, even with Pacioretty back in the lineup. I think that could still be somewhat of a concern. And I also think the goaltending could uh, be closer down the stretch than people think. We don't necessarily know for sure Kochikov or Ranta are actually that good. They're great behind Carolina because Carolina are unreal at defending. But I think this is just a, a game that's going to play out quite closely. These two teams played uh, right out of the Christmas break and it went to a shootout. It was a good effort from New Jersey. And I thought New Jersey were excellent on Saturday. I don't think that's a hard case to make. They really dug out a win versus the Rangers in a game that they they fully deserved. And it's one of those ones like it is so hard to overcome going down two goals in a hockey game, especially when you probably don't deserve it. And then you still find a way versus Shesterkin. I think that could be galvanizing. I love what Jack Hughes is doing. I love what a lot of the Devils are doing. And I think this number is just a little bit too long. All right. So Blue Jackets plus 330. Devils plus 125 for our favorite underdogs. Both of them on the road. Let's look at the big board. It is a pretty busy Tuesday night. I think it's 10 games in the NHL. We both are in agreement on this one. The Jets are minus 135 on the road in Detroit. The over-under here is six. Tyler Tyler Bertuzzi will be back for uh, the Red Wings. He's coming back on uh, on Tuesday night. He's been on, I think he's limited to like nine or 10 games this whole season. Does give their you know top six a little bit more depth, but it's just the Red Wings are a weird team because I think that they actually, they punch up all right because of their high-end talent and if Huso plays well, but um, in spots like this where they're just plus 115 at home and against a team that's much better than them, I think I like the Jets here at minus 135, uh, even on the road. Rick Bonus, man, he's got them playing well. And, and I I went on the NHL uh, and Action Network collaboration podcast that we do every Monday uh, that was you know was on hiatus for two weeks during the holidays. But I, and I talked about how I think if if you're looking, if you're not involved with like a Stanley Cup future, perhaps you know your favorite team is out and, and you're looking to get invested in, a, in, a, in another team. I think the Jets at 40 to 1. Uh, is actually still interesting. I like the the Capitals are also you know forty to one at this at this point too, and I think those are the two that I like the most. So I, I actually just like the Jets generally, and I think they're a little undervalued here on the road. Yeah, I fully agree that they're undervalued. I think that I had personally stacked in fantasy Connor and Ehlers. And why is that relevant to this? Because I did that thinking that this could be a top line in the league with Dubois. Now that Ehlers is back one game, it looks like it could be exactly that. I know they destroyed Vancouver, so. Who cares? But I think people aren't rating Ellers for how good he could be this season under Boness. So if he comes back and really dominates who we're expecting, that's going to boost the Jets significantly. And they have so many guys who just got back into the lineup. I think yep. a lot of them are kind of under the radar guys. So that's going to, obviously the Jets could be a little undervalued. And Detroit, their struggles just seem legitimate. Like I don't really see what's going to change. Cider and Sherratt are getting absolutely caved in, which not to pick on Cider because it seems like there's one reason that's happening, but <laughs> that that pair is going to continue to play a huge role, and I just don't see how they're going to start to turn it around. So I think the defensive concerns are always kind of going to be there. And then Huso's fallen apart badly. 
And I know that's a little bit on the team, but it's not like this is an incredibly proven goaltender who we know is going to bounce back and turn it around. I think that could be realistic. And then yet yeah, it should almost certainly be Hellebuck because he's not listed on the IR and he rested Sunday. So I'd say we can expect it to be Hellebuck in this contest, which is great news for Jets backers. And the reason, one of the reasons I, I just like Winnipeg generally in, in the futures market is they are double or more the odds of Dallas, depending on the sports book you look at. And the two of them are neck and neck to win the central. And in a weird way, it might be better to not win the central. Cause then you can maybe avoid Colorado in round one. So there's just like a number of paths here that Winnipeg can end up in and the, the, kind of bracket can open up for them. Uh, you know, obviously Minnesota is a, a, a very competent, strong team if, if they end up playing them in round one. But um, just generally, I think this this team is is better than they're given credit for and their path might be a little bit easier uh, than it looked um, just like, you know, two or three months ago. Uh, all right, let's move to Vancouver. And uh, they're in Pittsburgh, take on the Penguins. Canucks are plus 165. The Penguins minus 195, the over under six and a half. The Penguins got off their schneid in Arizona. Uh, Coyotes got a lead. Coyotes squandered the lead, but they played all right for the first half of that game uh, before the Penguins ran away with it. It's it's a pass for me here. The Penguins, to me, are they're fighting it a bit. They're not deep on the back end. Chris Letang's been out because of uh, the death, death of his father. Jeff Petrie's out, and when you take we don't know if the will be back. He could be back for this one. Same with Petrie, but I don't, Petrie is much more of a doubt. So their back, their back end, which was already kind of thin, just gets thinner and, and they're missing the high end guy in, or possibly in the tank. So the rest of the team, just there's no margin of error for this team when those guys are out. And, and you also have Casey to Smith and goal. So the Canucks are, it's so hard to back them, but when they are as an underdog, it, it's, it's a little bit, more palatable because of their offensive upside, but still, I just don't think this number is big enough uh, in what is still a little bit of a, you know, buy low spot on Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think for me, I expect Pittsburgh to win this, but I'm basically just going to say pass. All right. Uh, the Kraken and Sabres, uh, say Buffalo and Seattle are both playing on Monday night. Uh, Seattle's concluding a really long road trip. Uh, they are, Minus 105, the Kraken in this one. The Sabres minus 115. Craig Anderson starting for Buffalo on Monday night. Uh, so we'll probably see UPL, Uka Pekka, Lukanen uh, at home as the Sabres continue to surge. Uh, both of these teams are in great form. The over-under here is six and a half. Both teams are scoring at a, at a rate that I don't think anybody thought they would. Uh, for me, it, it, it's it's a pass. It does look pretty high event, though, um, in, in my eyes. So what do you see for this one? Yeah, I like the over and the Sabres. And if you want to do Sabres team total, I think that's great too. And this is one, the number will probably move once Grubauer is confirmed. But with Grubauer not playing Monday night, it's probably going to be Grubauer. They're probably not rolling back to back on Martin Jones. And Grubauer has again been one of the worst goaltenders in hockey. So while it was surprising last year, he was this bad. It's not that surprising this year. And Buffalo's offense is absolutely rolling and they're getting contributions from a lot of areas. So I'll be looking to go back to the well with the Sabres. They've been really good to us and the over that, that offense just keeps finding a way to get a ton, ton of goals. And there's so many guys playing so well. And to touch on this, I think the next two nights, if the line doesn't move and he plays like he has been Owen power Calder is looking good. I think the Calder race is opening up a little 
obviously he'll be playing the favorite in this game, Beniers, and you know it'll it'll be a big night for both of them. But I think that it's starting to become more and more clear every game how important he is. We talked about this last week. Saturday versus the Wild, he played about 20, I think it was 28 minutes, 30 seconds, which is absolutely insane. I counted three on three over time, but still, he's a game changer for them. They need him, and he's kind of just, he's not as important as Dalian, but he's very, very important to that team. He's really good. It's just, it's going to be about his counting stats, I think, and if he gets those up, if he just has like one, you know, hot stretch, and there's still 41 games left, so he could get there. Uh, yeah, look out there, and, and he is a good price. The Minnesota Wild are underdogs in Manhattan at Madison Square Garden. Minnesota's plus 115. The Rangers minus 135. The over-under is six here. I like the Wild. Uh, I think that when you look at what the Rangers are doing, we said it again, like this is they are reverting back to what they did last year. In terms of um, you know recent form, the Rangers are, I think they have the fourth or fifth best points percentage since the start of December. But in that time, they're near you know, bottom seven, bottom five in expected goals rate, depending on what model you look at. You know, they, they are they, they could be even worse. High danger chances, same thing. And it's coming down to their offense. They just don't create a ton at five on five. Only the Chicago Blackhawks since December 1st have created fewer expected goals at five on five than the Rangers. Their power plays clipping really well right now, 28.5% in that span. And they're getting goaltending the 912C percentage out of Halak and Sterkin uh, since December 1st. So they're basically like, like we've been saying, they're they're starting to revert back to what they were last year. And that just makes them a fade candidate, especially against teams like Minnesota, who should we look at Minnesota's numbers, they are tilting the ice in the right direction. Uh so strong defensively. So they should be able to to turn this into a coin flip. So getting the plus money here, uh, as long as, as Gustafson's in goal. And you know, I know Mark Andre Fleury is away from the team for personal reasons and could be coming back. And but as long as there's not a surprise start here, I like I like Minnesota. Yeah, Eileen, Minnesota. I'm always sucked into these spots where I know a team's going to control more of the play at five on five, but obviously goaltending is a meaningful factor. Power plays a meaningful factor, and the Rangers have both of those things. But yeah, it seems like they're kind of always relying on those two factors to carry them to wins at this point, which is always a little dicey. I think that Saturday loss, you know, maybe they'll come into this one uh, with a high, higher level of urgency, but. It just seems like they don't have the horses to manage the puck as well at times as a team like Minnesota. But yeah, that Saturday loss versus the Devils, like I think those are the ones that hurt the worst when it's like you get situated in a game where you shouldn't even be winning to begin with, and then you don't finish it off. Like you let the other you get up three one, you never really should have been there, and then you you find a way to blow it. Those hurt. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they'll respond in this one. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. 
Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, uh, UBS Arena now, Long Island, Dallas, minus 115 road favorites, very slight road favorites against the Islanders, minus 105. The over-under here is a very rare five and a half. Uh, Ilya Sorokin and uh, Jake Ottinger, you know, I think that's what's doing it here. Um, Some lineup notes, the Islanders should get Simon Holmstrom back. They might get Kyle Palmieri back, but they might get Kyle Palmieri back, it seems like, for two straight weeks now. Um, Adam Pellick's still out for New York. Rupe hints is questionable for Dallas. I, I think that this number is it. I guess it depends on hints, but in a vacuum, you'd, it would make sense if this number moved towards Dallas, considering what the Islanders were uh, just showing uh, on their their Northwest Canada and then Alberta swing. They looked dreadful in that last game against Calgary, but they were icing a, a really really depleted lineup. You were in the building. To watch Casey Zizekas play first line center, Hudson Fashing play second line wing, and Josh Bailey play first line wing, and as Matt Barzell was a late scratch. So, uh, and I actually didn't think the Islanders that was probably their best game uh, between their three losses on that trip: Seattle, Edmonton, and Calgary. So that's saying a lot. But um, yeah, I think this is a pass for me. I think if the Islanders get to 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 like you know plus one hundred five, plus one ten, uh, I'd be interested. Yeah, plus 110 with hints out, I'd be involved. I've been waiting to see how the stars function once one member of that line is out. They've been pretty lucky to have them all. And hints, people talk about Robertson so much, but I watch him, the way he drives play, I think he's right there with him. And that's kind of my knock on Robertson in the heart race is that line is just so, so good. And I don't necessarily think any of the, well, hints and Robertson are a good degree above Pavelski, I think. But they're both kind of right there, and I'm really interested to see how they function without hints. So I think, yeah, if you get that number at plus 110 without him, it's definitely playable. Uh, the Calgary Flames, minus 165 in St. Louis, take on the Blues, who are plus 140 at home. The over-under six, uh, St. Louis is coming off a shutout win uh, against the Wild, where Thomas Grice stood on his head. The Flames, meanwhile, are coming off a 47-shot-on-goal loss in overtime to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, the flames just seem to be the team this season that generates a ton of offense and ton of rubber to the net and just can't get separation. They play so many close games, uh, which really makes it tough to lay this kind of number on the road. So I'll be passing, uh, but you have some more confidence. Yeah. I like the flames that some of the numbers are available on Monday. I was thinking this was going to be a spot where I loved Calgary when I was looking ahead on the slate because I didn't, I really I kind of thought it would be less obvious how much better they've been playing, but odds makers were onto it setting this number around minus 160. So I do think Calgary are going to find a way to win this. I'm not pumped on the betting price, but yeah, Calgary are just, they're doing a lot of things well. And I get that the shot quality is definitely not as, as elite as some other teams, but I still think it's pretty clear when you look at it, there's been a lot of bad luck. There's been a lot of like post hitting the other night, even, Lindholm hits a post late in the third, then they go to the overtime coin flip and they lose. Everyone's talking about how bad they played. And obviously it was Chicago, so that's a whole other standard. But I do think there's just been so many nights, even as someone who's relatively anti-flames, where it's just like, you can say the quality's not great, but you can also point to two chances that should have gone in the majority of the time. And I just expect them to control far more of the play here versus St. Louis and, and find a way to get it done. Now out to Mullet Arena. Uh, the Sharks minus 135, the Coyotes plus 115, the over under six and a half. San Jose is a really funky team, man. 
we've talked about it a couple times, uh, but since they've been so bad and uh, we're not expected to be good and they're in the lottery race, it's just so funny that they're, and especially with their coach, David Quinn, who's not known for, for, for doing this kind of stuff, but their expected goals rate continues to be near the top of the chart. Since December 1st, they're fifth in the NHL in, in expected goals rate, and uh, they are uh, third in high danger chance rate. So I don't know, man. Like, what is going on with this team? I, I mean, it would be sharp. I, you know, I hate betting against my Coyotes, but it would be sharks or nothing here, but uh, it'll likely be a pass for me. Uh, what What do you have? I like the Sharks. I think this is the spot where their control play pays off. I was actually kicking myself when we recorded, I think, two weeks ago. We were talking about how the Coyotes punching up, and I kind of misspoke saying that the Sharks would be an example of a team that maybe I'd want to target them. And then I thought about that after. It wasn't really what I was intending to say. I think this is a good time for the Sharks to finally pay off a lot of their chances. I don't think Reimer should be as horrible as he's been either. Mm. A huge part of it has been that they're getting like league-bottom goaltending. They're coming out of that uh, tough matchup versus Boston. And I just think this is a good spot for them to pay it off, get a win versus Arizona. And and I actually, I thought this was a pretty good number, especially because I, I think they do obviously look at underlying. I know they have whole different analytics than the public's, public are looking at, but it does seem to show through that the odds makers are using those at times. And I thought with that in mind that we might see San Jose closer to minus 155, minus 160 here. And I think, yeah, just a good time to target the Sharks to break through with a win. All right. Uh, last game on the slate before we get to uh, top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Tuesday, January 10. Uh, the Panthers and the Avalanche. This is a really strange one uh, because these were the two teams vying for the President's Trophy last season. And neither one of them looks in the same universe as that team. And there's definitely a bunch of different reasons for all of that. Colorado's be, mainly being the fact that they lost their second light center, who was the best second light center in the league last year, not named Brock Nelson. And of course, uh, the uh, then the injuries hit. And then you got Florida, who they lose, you know, Jonathan Uberdo, they lose Mackenzie Weger, and kind of just like reshaped their whole outlook, get a new coach in. And uh, boy, it's not paying off. They are six points uh, adrift from. Uh, Pittsburgh for the last wild card spot in the East. The Penguins have two games in hand as well, uh, under 500 points percentage. Colorado, meanwhile, they are just two points behind Edmonton uh, for the last playoff spot with three games in hand. They have three games in hand on on Calgary. They have five in hand on uh, Los Angeles. So they've got games in hand on everybody, but they're just not there yet. Bookmakers don't care. They're still a second favorite around the league because I think that they're all anticipating what everybody is anticipating. They're going to get healthy. They're going to get better. And by the time the playoffs start, um, we should see Colorado, uh, the Colorado from last year or closer to it, uh, especially if they make a move for a second line center in uh, around the deadline. And it's funny because, you know, and this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but Colorado finishing in the wild card spot really just will make, get tongues wagging about the NHL's playoff format, you know, cause you, you, the, let's say they finish in, in wild card spot two, you win, you, you put up the best record, regular season record in the Western conference. And all of a sudden you're placing, you're taking on the, the reigning uh, Stanley cup champions, the preseason Stanley cup favorite, maybe the second favorite going into the playoffs if things stay like they are. Um, Jesus, that's just not fair. Anyways, uh, this is a pass for me. I would be closer to Colorado even, uh, you know, as, as a slight favorite at home. Than Florida, who I think still like take your shots against Florida, I, I would say. Yeah, I think uh, the abs are going to come around. 
they have had so many guys out of the lineup. Um, and to talk about who they might bring in, it could be just as logical for the Avs to trade for a D-man, especially the Byram uh, situation is getting kind of uh, odd and, and concerning. And he was so good for them in the finals last year. I think people are... it does. It, we talked about how Nachushkin's not getting credit enough for his absence. I think Byram's in the same boat. But it seems like the Avs are turning around. I'm pretty excited to see what they do. I really like them as a franchise. I think they deserve to get in the playoffs and hopefully win a couple of rounds. And I want to see them get on a roll. And yeah, in this matchup, I like them over Florida. I hope that they build off that Edmonton win. I was pumped on that comeback. It felt like the kind of one that could get them going. It seems like McKinnon's really starting to get going. I bet he's going to have a big couple months pushing for the playoffs here. Okay, uh, that will do it for the big board. Let's look at our favorite bets. Top shelf bets for Tuesday, January 10th. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. For me, I like the Minnesota Wild. They're slight underdog in New York. We will keep doing this. Song and dance with the Rangers. Their five-on-five metrics just make them susceptible uh, to losing games, To I think, to going on a stretch of downward play. I mean, it's famous last words because I said it all last year, too. Uh, but it, when you're when you're so reliant on the power play and the goaltending on nights where you don't get those things, uh, it could it could go south pretty quickly. And they're especially vulnerable against a team like Minnesota that's so good defensively uh, that they can turn any game into a coin flip uh, against any opponent. Minnesota since December first has allowed the fewest high danger chances in the league per sixty minutes at five on five by a long shot. They're under eight, uh, excuse me, under nine. Whereas the next best team is nine point eight. Uh, in terms of expected goals, they're top three as well in that uh, in that span. So I just think they match up pretty well here. The five on five play should go towards Minnesota. So as long as they stay out of the box and maybe can get you know a slightly above average goaltending from Gustafson, uh, the Wild should be worth it at a plus number here. What about you? I'm gonna go with the over in Sabers Kraken, and I think if you want to play Buffalo money line with the over, that's another good way to attack it. You teed it up well. Minnesota have been defending super well. They went into Buffalo and got a shaky performance from Marc-Andre Fleury, and that just showed what happens when you play the Sabres if your goalie's not going to be dialed in. Philip Grubauer's almost never dialed in. So <laughs> I think we know how this might go, how it could look. I think it could be a great night for the Sabres to post another five or six spot and keep it rolling. That's uh, Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitol, Philip Grubauer, of course. Um, and that is this episode of line change in the books uh, for underdogs, the devils and the blue jackets uh, and our favorite bets, the wild and the over in Seattle and Buffalo for Nick Martin, Michael Leboff. We will see you again Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Action network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.